This is so that we can go play golf after church. I'm just kidding. No. <clears throat> I'm not that good. So, hey, what a great summer it's been so far, right? It's been really, really good. Uh, we had some wonderful speakers this past three weeks. You know, Ken Williams came and spoke about his testimony and uh, that there is always something bigger going on, going on and God is in control. Also, Taylor, as a new father, he reminds us as, uh, to, uh, to us fathers and grandparents that, um, that, he, that we are in a position uh, to be spiritual leaders to make a significant impact to those close to us. And Greg Hafer came last week. He was my teacher, my mentor in Ozark Christian College. And he talked to us about the freedom to love. Freedom to be selfless, to give ourselves, ourselves to serve, and, to, and also the, f- the freedom to forgive others. Today I want to talk to you about what really means to be free from sin and the freedom that we have in Christ. So we're going to be talking about that today, but before I start, if you have any family members or if you have served uh, in, the, in the armed forces in any branch, would you please stand up? There you go. We've we got several of you. We want to thank you so much for your service and what you did for our country. You know, the, anyone had a chance to go see the fireworks at the 4th of July? You see, I, I saw that Joe and, and Kirsten, they went to the lake and they were in their, in their kayaks, you know, watching the fireworks. That would be awesome. I'm doing that, that next year. I didn't have a chance to go this year. Uh, we were just tired. We just came back from a conference and all that. But my son, Stephen, loves watching the fireworks. And we wait all the way to the end when we go to the, to the ball games to watch the fireworks. And they remind me, too, also that when I was growing up in Mexico, we used to light up the fireworks and throw them to the road where the cars were passing by. I know, don't do it, okay? Don't, if you are tempted to do it, don't do it. That's not a good, a good idea. And uh, one day my, my brother, my youngest brother, he, uh, he was little and we light up the fireworks and he's looking at the, uh, at the uh, you know, and throw it, throw it. And as he was throwing it, just boom, in his hand, he's got five fingers. So it's good, nothing happened. But, you know, here's the thing. The thing is that every country in the planet have fought for freedom in one way or another. It has cost lives. It has cost a lot of money and, and a continual pain. I love reading about uh, the battles that change lives and that change the direction of history. I, lo- I love reading about America and the wonderful leaders that America and other countries had. And I said had because it is hard to find this day and time leadership who fears God, who is honest, who, who cares for people, and has big dreams for his country. And we see in the news, you know, all this stuff that is going on in Venezuela and Guatemala and, and uh, El Salvador and all those things, you know, it's hard to find leaders that fear God. And another thing is that, you know, to be honest with you, and I'm going to pour my heart to you a little bit, is that it is so hard to have two loves for two countries. You know, 
I, I grew up in Mexico, and that's where my brother lives, and he's a pastor, you know. I became a U.S. citizen in January 21st of 2011, and it was a very surreal experience. There were over 200 people with different languages, different backgrounds, different colors of skin, you know. It was so different, and it was a great time, a great thing that all these people pledge allegiance to America. You know, it felt amazing after my citizenship to walk with freedom, not to have to carry in my wallet my green card. You know, if I get stopped, are you a citizen? Well, I had, you know, I had to carry my green card. It felt uh, good not to be afraid of being stopped and, and be deported, you know, for whatever reason. But the one thing is that it, it felt good to follow the law and the rules to get my citizenship. Mexico is where my biological family lives. And America is where my adopted parents live, who show me the love of Jesus. America gave me the, the education to be a pastor. In that school, I met the love of my life, Stacy. And it is in America where my kids were born. But as wonderful as, as is being here in the United States as a free U.S. citizen, it doesn't compare to the freedom that, I can, that only can be found through Jesus Christ. See, the U.S. gained their independence from the kingdom of Great Britain in 1776. People fought for the ideal of freedom. They gave many lives of their sons and daughters. The same happened in Mexico and the independence. And they call it El Grito de Dolores, which is a call to freedom. It reminds me of the movie that you uh, probably seen, Braveheart. They can take our lives that they can never take our freedom. See, Mexico gained their independence in, from Spain in 1810, but it was not recognized until September 27th of 1821. So as you can see, things move a little slower in Mexico. <laughs> Freedom is a big thing back in the day, and it's a big thing today. Freedom is not the absence of rules. The laws make possible the freedom to do things. It reminds me of the four-year-old boy that hopped on his daddy's knee and asked, Dad, how old do I have to be before I can do a side please? Wisely, the father responded, I don't know. Nobody ever lived that long. Napoleon Bonaparte, who was a great military commander, even recognized the value of freedom. He said, nothing is more difficult and therefore more precious than to be able to be free to decide. I'm so thankful that I'm here in the United States that I am free to follow Jesus, free to claim that I'm a Christian. Other countries don't have that privilege. They are persecuted because of that. When Jamaica received his, their independence from England in 1962, a Jamaican national said, when we gain our independence... I am going to drive the wrong way of the road and speed as fast as I can in Kingston so to show we are free. 
A friend reminded him, yes, that you will be stopped by an independent policeman and pay an independent fine and an independent court. See, freedom has its limits and responsibilities. Freedom is not the absence of rules. When I was young, and maybe you too, when you were young, you wanted to be free. You wanted to have the freedom to do whatever you wanted. It reminds me of when, when I lived at my dad's house, you know, he always told us, as long as you live in my house, you do as I say. You know, and now I repeat that to my kids too. <laughs> See, so not long after I left the house, I found out that, that I had to follow rules at work and the road. You know, as I drive, it's like the kid who is fed up with the parents' rules, and he left home and enrolled in the Marines. <laughs> he soon, soon learned that he had not escaped rules. And let me repeat to you, freedom is a big thing for God. Believe it or not, God is the creator of freedom and the one that who has set us free. If you have your Bibles with you, open Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. And it says this. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin. So basically everybody is a prisoner of sin. So that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. We all were in one point or another prisoners or slaves to sin. And some of us still are. Even though we come to church to make us feel good or, or, or we give to the poor or we uh, serve somewhere, you know, to make us feel good. But let me tell you something. The church or being good or being a good giver does not make you free. Only Jesus can make you free. There in your Bibles too, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So we are going to look at this passage, at this verse. One little verse has so much wisdom in the Bible. But before I tackle this verse, let me ask you a couple questions. Or you can answer to yourself these questions. What am I, am I a slave to? Have I been set completely free? Or what is, the different, what is different of me since I gave my life to Christ? So with those questions just in your mind, think through them as we tackle this verse. So the first part of the verse, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And like I said, when I was young, freedom meant to do whatever I pleased. It meant that I was my own boss. And no one could tell me what to do. Boy, if I was wrong. <laughs> and I know that several of us have thought that way in some point in our life. Now, as Christians, we think that sometimes we can continue to live the way that we used to live. With no rules and no accountability. 
We think because Jesus is all loving and caring, he's not going to do anything. Because he's all loving. And I agree with you that he's all loving. But just because we come to church, like I said, every Sunday, that doesn't make us completely free. One of the Baldwin brothers, they have a t-shirt. He wears a t-shirt that says, I don't, le- I don't let religion get between my relationship. See, following Jesus is not a religion. It's a relationship. So let me ask you a question. How is your relationship with Christ? Is it one day a week? One hour a week? The Bible says in John 8.32, says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You want to be free? You can find the truth in God's Word. Not in the world. Not what everybody is doing. The Bible also says in James 4.17, It is sin if we know to do good and we don't do it. Freedom is the ability to do what one is meant to do. We are truly free when we can be the kind of person God intended us to be. True freedom means doing what God has designed us to do. And many Christians and non-Christians, you know, they think, I can do whatever I please. I was in a church where some of the elders, they went and to strip bars in the weekends and stuff. And when I confronted them, they said, you know what? Whatever I do outside the church doesn't concern anybody. That's a sin. And it's not right. It doesn't go with what God says. Let me ask you another question or a couple other questions. Who is really free? The person who can say no to drink and drugs or the person who can't say no? Who is being slave to sin? The person who can say no to sexual sin or the person who can't say no to selfish lust? Who is free? Those who who can't reject arrogance, hatred, and dishonesty or those who are controlled by these? See, the Bible is very clear and it tells us how to live a Christian life. In 1 Timothy 6.11 It's a scripture that is in one of the rings that my wife gave me in Father's Day a few years ago. It says this, But you men of God, or women of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. This is what we are designed to be. Jesus paid with his life the ransom so that we can be free And what an amazing day, what a happy day is when we give our lives to Jesus and he set us completely free. Several months ago, I talked to you about a friend in Mexico that he got kidnapped. He was a few days somewhere in a location with uh, his eyes blindfolded and and, and he didn't know where he was. But he could hear the, the people talking and calling his parents asking for a ransom. See... His parents paid that ransom and he was brought back to him, to his parents. And I think we as parents, we will do whatever it takes to see our children not to go to be a slave to an addiction. 
or be a slave to a sin that it is so hard to, to, to get rid of. That's why we need to talk to them about the freedom in Christ. And as parents, we do whatever it takes for our children to be in walking with the Lord. In John 8, 34, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Titus 2, 11, 15, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us, to set us free from all wickedness, and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. That's why we are called to be as believers. Now let's tackle the second part of the verse that said, stand firm. How do we stand firm? How do we battle this sin, that this, these things that are going on in our life, like Paul says? How do we tackle that? You know, when I think about standing firm, I remember going back to my karate classes. You know, the, the sensei would tell us, Put your feet, stand in your ground. Stand your ground. Because if we are not standing your ground, they're going to hit you and you're going to fall. Or, or, or it makes me think of, a, of the football defense alignment. You know, they are lined up and stand firm so that they can protect the quarterback. Also, it reminds me of a, of a tree, a big tree. You know, actually where I grew up in the patio, in the middle of the patio, we have this big old tree that we climbed through its branches with no problem. The trunk was about five to six feet in diameter. All the other trees in the house died because we played too hard with them. <laughs> but this tree has stood its ground. It has stood his ground for over 40 years. Actually, you see my son, Stephen, right there in the middle. I had a chance to take him to the home that I grew up in the orphanage in, in, last year. Also, where I live in Indiana, a town named Kokomo, there is a, in a park, there a huge stump. Actually, it's, it's a, a, um, a, a tourist attraction, believe it or not. So this big stump, and I bet the roots are so spread out or so deep that they will, it will take machines to pull them out. What makes this tree strong? Well, they get nutrients from the earth, water, and they continue to take more and more as they grow. And that reminds me of a verse in the Bible in, in Colossians chapter 2, 6 to 7. It says this. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. And it says, rooted and built up in Him. is strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thankfulness. Did you catch that? Rooted in Him, built up on Him, working out every day our faith. And when you get home, I'm going to challenge you to read the book of James, especially chapter 1, 2, and 3. But let me give you today three things that you are 
that you can implement in your daily life, or you, can, you probably are already doing these things, but it's a good reminder for us. And I'm going to give you three things that you can do, start doing today to grow and, and to be rooted in Jesus. The first one is that we were made for His pleasure. We were made for God's pleasure. We are created to worship God. We come to church to give ourselves to Him. More of Him, less of us. More of Him, less of us. In Psalms 149.4 it says, The Lord takes the light, pressure, pleasure in His people. Psalms 100 verse 2 it says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Psalms 29.2 says, ascribe, ascribe to the Lord the glory due to His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. See, every day when you see the skies, when you see the ocean and your vacation, when you go to see, and see the trees and the nature, you see, you worship God. We give our best and adoration to Him and show our gratefulness to Jesus for rescuing us. The second thing that you can implement is, is that we are made to know Him better. Build our relationship with Him and others. Like I said before, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. The best way to build that is to read His Word. Steady and grow in wisdom through His Word. Psalm, Psalm 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on His law day and night. Meditate. That word meditate is huge. Basically, it says that you, it's like you put a gum in your mouth and you chew it and chew it and chew it until there's no flavor on it. Meditate, that what it means. You chew and chew and chew. And some of you probably, after you chew the gum, put it under the table and remember that you left it there. Grab it again and you chew it again. That's what meditate is. Also, not just meditate, but pass it to your children and your grandchildren. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, This commands that I give to you today are to be put upon, put upon your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lay down and when you get up. Basically, while we're driving, while we're having breakfast, while we get up, you know, all the time, talk to your children about how wonderful it is to follow Jesus. Also, this is why we have life groups in this church. Because we build relationships so that we can encourage and challenge and love each other. So that you're not alone. See, I mean, I don't have family here in Bella Vista, but I have my family of life group. Where I, I, I know that they can pray for me and I can pray for them and love them. So we are made to worship. We are made to come to know Him better and others. And we are made to serve. You see, we learn, we learn more about God by serving. Jesus, the Son of God, left His kingdom. He put skin on Him and came to serve us. He said this in, in His Word in, in Matthew 20, 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as ransom for many. You know, it reminded me, uh, 
I read uh, in an article uh, that somebody posted an ad in London newspaper, and it said this. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. The ad was signed by Sir Ernest Shackleton, an Antarctic explorer. Thousands responded instantly to the call. I was not one of them. But they were ready to sacrifice all for the excitement of adventure and a certain honor. Should God's children do less? We are called to an excitement journey with Him, with Jesus. We are, all have been given gifts and abilities. And that's why here in this church, you know, we ask you, serve one hour and worship one hour. Why? Because you get to know Jesus better. And actually, you are ambassador of his grace when you serve. Look at 1 Peter 4.10. It says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Matt Chandler, uh, another preacher, said it this way. We don't work to be saved. We work because we are saved. The last thing that I want to talk to you guys about in that verse, it says, don't be burned again by the yoke of slavery. See, I, I went to the gym one day, and I worked out really hard, and I was all sweaty and, uh, and nasty. It was, you know, kind of thing. So... After I finished working out, I went to the car to get my bag, and I forgot it. So I went, went in. I was feeling so yucky that I went into the showers and took a shower in the gym, put the dirty clothes again, but then I went home so that I can take a shower again and put my clean clothes. I was not about to wear, uh, you know, clean clothes with dirty smell and all that, so I went and changed again. But some of us, even though we've been clean and washed, we put on our stinky life back and live like an unbeliever again. And we need to be careful. In Romans 6, 1 to 4, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning or being a slave to sin so that the grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died in, to sin. How can we live any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried in him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. A free life. You think that my friend that was kidnapped, he would say to the captors, hey, take me again? That would be kind of dumb. My friend learned that his earth freedom can be taken away. But they couldn't take his freedom in Christ. He put his trust in his Savior. I guarantee you that my friend now knows that what it means 
to true trust in God for his life. And he is more free now than before. See, I read a quote from an author unknown. It says, it is easy to take liberty for granted when you have never had it taken from you. But the freedom in Christ can never be taken away from us. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. The 4th of July has come and gone. And we watch the night sky light up with celebratory exp explosions that represent America's victorious fight for freedom. Many died for that freedom and many more lived to tell us about it. That was their path. And we honor them with our respect and patriotism. You and I have also a path set for us. We may not be sure about all the twists and turns on that path. But if we keep our eyes in Jesus, looking to God in heaven, his light will guide us to our freedom as well. See, the thing is that sometimes we are not completely free because we're not focusing on God. But when we are focused on God, you can balance your life. You can balance your life because you are, have a point of reference that you are following. But once you take your eyes out of, of that, you can't, you can't handle it. Everything goes, goes wrong. When, but when you have your eyes fixed on Jesus, you can balance your life. And you can live for him and be completely free. And even though the temptation may come to forge our, our own way, it will not lead us to true freedom. It will never replace the path that leads to permanent joy. We should take Jesus' freedom very serious. This gift, this gift is too good to let it pass. And I'm going to leave you with John 8.36 that it says this. So if the Son, so if Jesus sets you free, you are what? Free indeed. So this morning, if you have not found that freedom in Jesus Christ, this is an opportunity for you to say, you know, I have lived my life doing whatever I please. But now I want to do, live my life doing whatever Jesus created me to be. And I can encourage you, if you have that, some sin in your life that, that you, it's hard to take away, just, we can pray for you and encourage you and challenge you. But also, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, grab that card or come up front and say, you know, I want to follow Jesus starting today and worship him, serve him, and get to know him better.